0: Welcome, everyone, to the B2B Marketing Perspectives podcast. I'm Steve McDonald, your host, and we're here today with Tim Hines. Now, Tim is not only the CMO of Amtrav, Tim is a global keynote speaker. And Tim, I think you just wrote a book recently called The Marketing Starter. Maybe you can show us that book and explain a little bit more about your background and what got you here today, and then we'll jump into the podcast.
1: Yeah, so here's the book. It's called The Marketing Starter. How an Entrepreneurial Spirit Will Make You a More Savvy Marketer. Uh, and yeah, it came out last year in 2022, right? What year are we in? We're in 2023. It came out in 2022, so it's been out for about a year. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm what you call the marketing starter. So I'm a marketer who sees the world through an entrepreneurial uh, type of worldview or lens and uh, try to apply that startup-y entrepreneurial spirit to to what I do to to succeed in my career and better myself within within my organization and what I do within marketing. And so I try to bring that to the table, share that idea with other marketers. I speak about that a lot. I talk to marketing and sales folks about how they can do that to excel in their careers, just be better in their business, be better humans overall. Uh, and I try to cover that a, a bit in my book and talk about the different stories and ways that people can think like a like a startup founder, either, like your Elon Musk, you know, on the on the billionaire, big, well-known side, or the mom and pop store down the street, all of those people embody this entrepreneurial spirit, which I'm just super passionate about. Uh, and so I love talking about that. I love sharing those type of ideas. And so I love getting on stage and being on podcasts and doing doing things like this. And yeah, uh, I'll have to have you on my podcast too, Steve, because it's all about how marketers can think like entrepreneurs. I love interviewing people. And so we'll have to have you on and we'll do an episode two. What do you say? That sounds great. I'll hold you to it.
0: Yep. You know, and and this is why Tim and I like click so well because I'm also uh, a startup. I'm a, a martech SaaS startup founder, and we're just coming out of our beta stage or coming into our beta stage. So Tim and I think quite a bit. I'm I'm passionate about the entrepreneurial space as well. So, but what we're going to be talking about here today is something that is always on the mind of senior marketing executives. But it's not something easy to do. It's not something easy to sell in. It's not something that most companies are doing well. And it's documented. So what is that? Well, we're talking about thought leadership. And the title of this podcast is Stop Trying to Create Thought Leadership. With the goal being don't don't try. You've got to get out there and you actually have to start doing. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about, with all of your experience and what you're doing right now at Amtrav, what is the role of thought leadership and why is it important before we start talking about what it takes to get the job done?
1: Yeah, well, my background, similar to yours, is in this B2B SaaS or B2B tech space. Um, I've done a little bit on the consumer side, but this thought leadership thing and using content to position yourself is definitely much more used uh, in in the in the B2B space. So people can you know garner that attention, that build that trust with you because the, you know the buying cycles are usually longer. It takes more decision makers, so you really have to be good at telling a story, which I think. Is uh, one of the secret talents of a of a B two B marketers. They have to be just super good storytellers, right? And be able to be able to con- understand the customer problem and then translate into a message of something that's going to drive value for them. And thought leadership, I think, is such a broad stroke topic. Everybody's like, we got to focus on thought leadership, but what does that what does that mean? And I think it really boils down to what your goals are as an organization. That then translate into your goals of marketing and what the unique position that you're in as a company and as a marketing department and understanding like what you need to do as far as a tactic on that content or that thought leadership front to position yourselves. And I found myself in a lot of different spaces like that, trying to figure out, okay, what is the, you know, what's the thing that we need to do? What is the thing we need to say uh, to really get the, the name out there or to attract new business drive demand, whatever it is. Um, but I find that as a whole, it's just such a great branding and awareness tactic, because sometimes unless it's something that's gated that you're or something that or a big report that someone's buying, because that's thought leadership, right? You're not necessarily going to make money from it. You're not necessarily going to be able to totally track it, right? Because if you're driving value, if you're doing it right, people will eat up all your free stuff and eventually come back to you and, and buy from you. So at Amtrap, that's one of the things we've been really focused on is trying to get the name out there a little bit further within some of the key industries we sell into, but also in the corporate travel industry in which the, the business operates in. Um, and one of the ways that we do that is just by creating some really cool, robust content that's driving massive value for our customers and, and it continues to position us as that thought leader. And so depending on the content, whatever the piece of content is that you're writing, you, you can think of it, uh, you have to think about how it's going to support your overall thought leadership strategy that rolls up into your goal. That's kind of how I always look at it.
0: So tell me, um, and we talked about this before we hit the record button, but I asked you, what was the importance of content to the company? Where one is it's not important at all. Ten, it's vital to the success of the company. And How would you rate that and and why?
1: Yeah, I mean, for, again, for the goal that we have this year and long-term, but especially near-term this year, I would say it's a 10. And that's because where Amtrap was at, as far as its case study goes, is it wasn't super known within this, this core industry. There was a lot of brand confusion. We were talking about this. Uh, there's a competitor, a uh, travel management company called ADTRAV, A-D-T-R-A-V, and we are AMTRAV, A-M-T-R-A-V, and then there's AMTRAK, the, the rail company, A-M-T-R-A-K. You know, funny, uh, funny little anecdotal story about that, where we have this big conference coming up, and I was looking at the conference map, and we actually shared a booth wall with AMTRAK, <laughs> Oh, and I was like, oh, God, either that's going to be a branding explosion or a great branding opportunity. Uh, but right. then I looked later and they ended up getting moved. Uh, so I was like, oh, OK, I don't I don't have to worry about it. One less thing I might plate to have to figure out. But I thought that was pretty funny that they put Amtrak and Amtrav literally right, right next to each other. <laughs> but anyway, so differentiation has been a big, big, important piece f- for Amtrav. And there's been a lot of really interesting shakeups that have been happening in the industry this year that we looked at and we said, hey, like. This is something that we can champion and really own and position ourselves as the thought leader in by putting out great information, great data, explainers, all of these things um, that people will, buyers will eat up as a value add and then look at us and go, they were the first to, to say this. They were the first to think about this on top of our great product that was also the first to implement it. So it's supporting... Our, some of our product-led initiatives, like in tandem, which is kind of cool. So, long story short, very important to us, uh, near term and continued long term because it's the space is a is a wild space that we're in. There's a lot of there's a lot of weird things happening, so we can use it to differentiate ourselves a lot.
0: Well, you know, I'm going to ask you to unpack one part of that, which is, sure. you know the importance of thought leadership and being positioned as a thought leader, as an expert. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can read all the Forrester and Gartner reports and everything that comes out and they talk about how the organization and the sellers within the organization have to be perceived as advisors, as experts Mm -hmm. in the industry. Sure. Do you do that by talking about your product or how do you do that? Like, what 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 positions the company with that thought leadership? What kind of content is that?
1: Interesting question. So I think it's multi multifaceted. Um, we use the content and the thought leadership as kind of that gateway to the brand, that gateway to learn more. and then and then we position our people like after that, kind of in the decision making funnel. We have that content. If you're, you know, first finding out the brand about the brand, or curious about our services, we have that as kind of, you know, the carrot, the teaser, which is very common. And then we have our, we make sure that our people, uh, who are then going to be talking about that, whether it's the sales SDR, whatever, that they're well versed in also the issue or the piece that we've enabled them with, that they can continue that conversation and consult. So one of the things that we're trying, that we believe in, and as a core pillar of our brand, is radical honesty. And so we try to say like, hey, this is this is what's going on in the industry. We're not going to sugarcoat it. This sucks, or this is great, or this could be better, or whatever. And here's a piece of content that we think from our just total, radically honest type of approach that we this is our this is our take on that. This is our hot take, right? So we we try to put out stuff that's kind of like this hot take thing that people are like, oh, that's interesting that they're they're saying that that way. Sometimes we'll say like, hey, you know, so and so competitor is better at X, Y, Z but we're better at one, two, three. So we may not be for you, They or they may not be, like we, we try to come out and be honest about that stuff and have real comparisons. Um, and then allowing our people to continue that conversation and do kind of that consultation uh, to help see if things are a right fit and guide them in the right direction. Um, our overall philosophy on service and support is top-notch as well. Um, one of the pieces of our business is, really focused on what we call relationship management, which I mean, I guess you see that in a lot of, a lot of other industries too. So account management, but, but these people are like white glove, making sure that the nuance of travel policy and that all of the travelers are happy and booking and onboarded properly. And they're at basically at the beck and call of our customers all the time. I've I've sat in on their calls. I've gone to some of their meetings. It's awesome. And so they are like the living embodiment of that too, to be that, to be that consult uh, type of person to you know say like hey maybe you guys should try this maybe you should try that, and it just helps to build trust and credibility. And so that's kind of like taking the the thought leadership into like the real world and into the conversation.
0: And that that's illustrates what what all the studies say and everything too is that thought leadership is it hits every level of the organ you know of the buyer's journey because at the end sure. somebody's trying to actually make a decision between like say you and a competitor. Equally as important as what you do is your level of expertise because there's a risk, right? There's a risk in making a choice. And we have to remember that buyers are um, emotional, they're people, right? And they're making emotional decisions all the time, and their careers being on the line could be one yeah. of them, right? Yeah. So I, I love that. I, I love the idea of this radical honesty you know, um, Forbes, when they were talking about thought leadership, that it had to have a point of view and appropriate level of controversy. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to be saying the same thing everybody's saying, right? You've got to have a point of view. It stretches a little bit. It, it, It stretches what you think about the industry and what you should be doing, you know, but that it has to be appropriate level of, of controversy because it has to be founded in something that just makes doggone good sense, right? And if yeah. you're the thought leader that's leading that charge, then that's why you're having the success that you're having. It's fantastic. Um, in fact, tell us the story of what happened at the conference when some of your thought leadership was actually quoted.
1: Oh, yeah, this was this a win. I think it's important for marketers, especially those in those in content, those that are working on thought leadership strategies to try to celebrate those wins whenever they can because sometimes those KPIs can be a little ambiguous. You don't necessarily know how to how to measure that. Um, I was at this conference in April after we launched this thought leadership campaign around this big industry change, which is called uh, NDC or new distribution capabilities on how airline tickets are purchased. Um, and changed and booked and different flight options and things like that. Anyway, there's a big shakeup in the industry. Um, So we jumped on that. We said, we have an opportunity to be the thought leaders on this. Let's, Let's actually share our internal data. Let's get our internal data so we can see the fair differentials between if you're using this new capability or if you're staying with the old. And bottom line is we had access to the new. Not everybody had access to it. So we wanted to say like, hey, look, if you were with a company that has the new, you're saving this much money it was kind of like our story and so we were doing blogs and we were doing press and we had we built this great landing page that published all of our data and we made our data available to press and so we were pushing it and sharing it as much as we could we're about 4 weeks into that campaign and it's still going right now actually by the way if you go to amdrive.com/ndc you can see this page i'm talking about um and we went to this conference uh, called ProcureCon Travel, where all these procurement people from different walks of life, universities, large corporations, you name it, they kind of go there, uh, and they're all and they're looking for they're, well, they're procurement people looking to procure travel solutions. And so we went there. We had a booth, and we were sitting in an education session, and um, I was actually just standing in the back observing it. And the education session was around this topic, and it was actually led by. A somewhat quasi-competitive organization was kind of leading the discussion, and my CSO was sitting uh, in at one of the tables as well. And they were taking questions from from the field, and one of the delegates raised his hand and and uh, he said, "Hey, I really appreciate you guys uh, sharing this, but it's kind of a it's kind of the opposite of of an article that I read from Business Travel News, which is kind of like the premier news uh, website uh, for business the business travel industry." He said, I read in business travel news that Amtraf says that there's that the fare differential is XYZ right now. And I find that really interesting because it, that doesn't seem to match up with what you're saying. But you know, business travel news is reporting on this and blah blah blah. And I just went in the room and I just lifted my hands up. I was like, when, when yes, a prospect who's sitting in the room read an article about our data and then called out a competitor in front of a forum of other people about it. Like that's a thought leadership win if I could ever say there ever was one, right? So I thought that was really neat. Now we just gotta get that guy to come by from us. So we'll see how, that, how that's going. I have to check with my sales team to see where he is in the pipeline. But nevertheless, like how cool is that, that our idea of saying, let's make our data public, let's get it out there. Um, this is gonna be helpful for people, right? Drive massive value with your content and your thought leadership and eventually they're going to come back to you eventually they're going to share it eventually that megaphone is going to grow and so that was a that was a big win for us it was a lot of fun to see that happen i literally just like was cheering like like silently like that cuz i didn't want to disturb the room you know and you know what's great is
0: <laughs> that's a fantastic story about thought leadership and all of a sudden your expertise is being echoed right there's exactly. also the other side where I am sure with the blog posts and the email blasts and things like that, we talked about if you could, before we started recording here, if you could even just, you know, on the click-through rate for your email campaigns, your newsletters, things like that, if you could increase that by 1%, how many more MQLs and meetings and SQLs and and wins do you get, right? -hmm. So there's there's direct impact, short-term, there's long-term impact. It positions the company. So I think we're getting it. But here's my question. Not every... C-suite member gets it. There's more times than not. What are
1: you talking about, Steve? Uh,
0: I don't know. This is this is my <laughs> radical, you know, honesty coming out. Okay? Oh,
1: I like that. <laughs> Nicely done, my friend.
0: How do you position the thought leadership strategy, which is vital? Ten out of ten. All the reasons we've been talking about. How do you sell it in? Because Mm -hmm. if you can't sell it in, you can't get it funded. It's not going to happen.
1: Yeah. Well, thankfully, for where I'm at, at the day gig here at Amtrav, my CEO and other execs on the team really believe in content and thought leadership. They see the value in it. So I didn't have to do much selling on the concept. Awesome. Took that off my plate. Now we have to do is execute. That's a, this experience. I've been at other companies where I've had to do that. And I'm sure marketers who are listening to this or anyone who's listening to this is probably like, oh, man, I'm still climb, trying to climb that tree with yeah. my exec team. And wh- I love this question because it comes right out of my marketing starter playbook, actually, uh-huh. which in within here, I actually highlight how you're supposed to work with and sell your case on some of these things that you're trying to do to the executive team. Because, you know, they, depending on your company and your culture and the executive specifically, you know, sometimes they're like, ah, you just figure it out. I trust you, whatever. I'm focused on this. Other ones are like, they want to see all the minutia and you want to try to get them out of the weeds, but also pull them down from the 30,000 feet, right? You want to get them at that like 15,000 feet. It's called right in the middle, you know, in that region to give them exposure so they know what's going on, so they can see the value of marketing, but also, get them out of your shit, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so they're not messing and tinkering with stuff and breaking things. Um, so I've I've had both where it's very far removed and where they're too deep. I'll always take rather far removed than, than too deep. Um, but selling selling to them and getting them on board with something, I, I think is a challenge for all marketers and especially marketing starters who are trying to do something new within their organization. And maybe this new thing is thought leadership. Honestly, I would find it really hard and I don't know all the spaces that your listeners are coming from, but in any progressive space, like SAS or high tech or you know, whatever, unless you're maybe some like really old industry, which I guess there's still a lot of those, you know, I'd find it, uh, really hard to think, to, to believe that there's a lot of executives left that don't know the value, or at least somewhat get the value of content and thought leadership, um, You just kind of got to ignite that fire underneath them. But the biggest way that you do this is the same way you market the company. You say, you tell stories, you find out the problem, and and then you, you show them how thought leadership can help solve the problem. And maybe they have a favorite set of competitors that they're always like, oh, man, if we could just beat XYZ company. And, you, and then you go, hmm, they're really obsessed with XYZ company. Let's see what XYZ's company. Oh, wow. Look at XYZ. They have all of these great white papers. They have this great uh, video library. They're putting out these reports and other things. And you go to them and go, hey, remember XYZ company? Part of the reason they're doing so good is they're creating all this massive value with the thought leadership stuff. Remember when I brought that up before and you were like, I don't know about that. Look at what your favorite competitor is doing. I think that's one tactic right there is to go look in the field and see what other people are doing. And it's a little bit of like cognitive bias. Go find the one that proves your case, and then bring it over to them to get to get them to buy into it. I think that that's that's definitely one good step right there.
0: Well, if we could wrap this conversation up with a takeaway, sure. What would you want the listeners here—the CMOs and it's SaaS companies, it's B two B companies, all throughout the industry? they're running marketing for their, their company. What do you want them to take away from this podcast?
1: Well, it's your show, Steve, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would say uh, from this conversation um, and from kind of what I, what I bring to the table to at least, you know, help share some of my background and and what I do is that you can do it. You just got to get started. You can't idle, you can't just sit and plan forever. You actually have to take the leap and make that start happen. Um, There's a lot of minutia that marketers get caught in all the time. It happens to me, like you're just bogged down and you're like, man, I would love to sit down and write this plan out. You got to budget the time to figure that out and then make the move. So it's actually, it's actually the, the last thing. Oops, sorry, that was loud. Uh, it's actually the last thing I have in my book. So the, the I have this like set of tips. And the last tip is put down this book, roll up your sleeves and get started. So getting started, doing something, and it's not gonna be right the first time. Don't expect perfection. It's gonna break. It's okay. Because that's what start uh, startup owners, founders like yourself, right? You're in beta, you're testing, you're trying something, but it's not it's not going to be perfect when you when you finally go live is it you're going to have to iterate make make your changes on your on your tool people are going to tell you this sucks hey the ux is this like it would be cool if it did had this feature it's always going to change so it's never going to be ready it's never going to be right you just got to get it started and get something out there and then be be quick to iterate on it so that's what i would say just get started like an entrepreneur would
0: fantastic well tim Thank you so much uh, for coming on. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, um, should I put a link to LinkedIn, your profile?
1: Or Yeah, definitely. You can get uh, get me on LinkedIn. Um, i sure you put that in the show notes, but if you you know search, actually, if you search TN Hines, T-N-H-I-N-E-S on everything, all socials, you'll find me. So LinkedIn is one. You can also find me at tnhines.com. That's my site where you can find more information about me. You can find my show on there, which hopefully we'll have you on soon and find your recording there. And also my book and all the all the things. So yeah, tnhines.com is the spot.
0: Fantastic. Well, again, thank you for coming on and sharing all of this and the stories and the enthusiasm behind it. I can understand <laughs> why you're a-, a It's fun.
1: Speaker. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Steve. Really appreciate being on.